0: Welcome to Beyond Literacy Radio. We're about to explore a world where reading and writing are doomed. They no longer exist. We're going to be talking about things such as the hive mind, telepathy, smart drugs. We're going to dive into the mind of a psychic, and much, much more.
1: I thought we should start off talking to a real expert who personally experiences the concept of beyond literacy on a daily basis. Catherine is a psychic and is going to give us a little insight on what her power is.
2: Well, I didn't think of it as a power. I feel like it was just part of me. Like some people are good at sports, some people are great artists, some people are wonderful musicians, it's just another skill. And I didn't think it was different, I thought everybody had. I have
3: it so maybe everybody sees that. All right, uh, carrying on here with this interesting and strangely awkward telepathy idea, concept for reality, which, whichever way you view it, uh, this part of the podcast, we're going to get a little bit more hands-on, put our experimental hats on, and see where this experiment takes us. This experiment that I'm talking about is bringing in two people off the street to do some tests with us and see if everyone really does have the capability and ability to be telepathic. Now, some of you may be skeptic out there and think, oh, this is all hocus-pocus and this has been staged. But believe me, this is 100% authentic. Uh, The test subjects had no idea what the questions were prior to the studio time. So everything was real time and we got some pretty good stuff. Now, I'd like to give a big thank you to the two test subjects that came in. Uh, Mr. Mark Raycroft and Mr. Scott Simmons for taking time out of their busy days to come and be a part of this interesting experiment. All right, so now let's get into this experiment and see uh, if either of these gentlemen really do possess the ability to be telepathic.
4: What about picking your favorite movie? Okay.
3: I love movies, so... Okay,
4: so it's going to be hard to narrow got, one
3: down. Uh, No, I got a good one.
4: Got okay. I'm guessing you're not so much into the chick flicks. Mm, no. Well, no, you might be a soft guy. Sorry. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm thinking it's probably going to be action. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be. It's going to be. Have a lot of war scenes. And I know that you like war scenes. You can tell by looking at you. Uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy oh, close! Kind of, the, kind of the same. Gladiator. Okay, Gladiator. yeah, yeah. I must have been have swords thinking, and stuff. Yeah, it was yeah the swords. swords. Yeah, it was throwing I was me off. swords. Yeah. Okay. So now I want you to think of your favorite animal in the whole entire world. Okay. It's a land animal. <laughs> I know it's a land animal. You don't like swimming, I'm sure of it. <laughs> um. It's got four legs for sure. tiger wow it was (laughs) come on (laughs) actually it was a tiger i knew it was i could tell i could feel it that's awesome i could read your mind
1: so let's go back to Catherine now and ask her if she feels as though everybody can become psychic as she is
2: given the right circumstances though some people are if you believe that people are here for different purposes some people don't care it's all about now it's all about material stuff, it's about the car you drive and the clothes you wear and all that stuff. So they're not even paying attention, but those who are paying attention, who are interested in why do I feel this way when I'm around certain situations or certain people, the more you pay attention
5: and the more you work with it, the the clearer, the better it gets.
2: So now that we've explored a bit about post-literacy and what it might look like, I wanted to see what you think about it. Well, more specifically, about Hive Mind as a post-literate option. In order to do this, I asked you one question. I got a variety of answers, but they all basically sorted into three main ideas. So, what do you think of when I say Hive Mind?
4: Resistance futile. You know, like the Borg from
2: Star Trek?
6: I think of the sci-fi genre with an alien ruler who controls
2: an entire planet, possibly to invade Earth.
3: Hive Mind? Do you mean like the terrifying and totally awesome Borg from Star Trek?
2: So obviously science fiction is a big influence on our understanding of the Hive Mind. Why is that? Well, the concept of Hive Mind has been present in science fiction literature and film for almost a century. From Olaf Stapleton's novel Last and First Men in 1930, to The Bugs in Starship Trooper, to probably most well-known, The Borg from Star Trek. And these are just a few examples from a very... Very long list. An interesting thing to note from these examples is that hive mind in science fiction is almost always associated with villains.
0: You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile.
2: Maybe this placement of hive mind as something evil is simply a projection of our fear of the unknown, or maybe it is truly something to be feared. First, I think of bees, and then I think of like one, um, like powerful. Ruler controlling a group and them just like all working together to achieve like a common goal.
7: I think of hives and bees.
2: Another big influence seems to be nature. A big jump from the Borg, your next thought seems to be bees. And this makes sense. First of all, bees live in a hive. Hive, hive mind. They seem to go together, don't they? It is also true that bees share a kind of hive mind mentality. They live in a group in which all members are connected. In this case, with the common goal of surviving and serving their queen. They do things together without question or contest. They behave not as individuals, but as a collection of parts of a whole. A superorganism. There was one last group of answers to my question, and by far the most popular one.
1: Hive mind? What is what is that? I don't know what it is. Um... Not quite sure what that is, to be completely honest. <laughs> I don't think of anything. I don't even know what that means.
6: When you say what? Hive
2: mind? I have no idea
1: what that is. Sorry.
2: I don't know. I don't know anything about hive mind, no. This was the most common answer when I asked people what they thought of when I said hive mind. A simple, I have no idea. While this may seem useless and uninformative, It may actually be the most astute and revealing answer of all. The definition of a hive mind is a group of organisms sharing one, unified consciousness. But what does that really mean? The truth is, we have no idea what post-literacy hive mind might look like. There really is no single answer. And isn't that exciting?
6: Imagine. Literacy no longer exists. There are no more books, no more academic papers, no more cursive lessons. You only need one thing to learn the basics of life and beyond, a pill. Imagine the possibilities. No more long lectures or homework assignments or final exams are nothing like the midterms. The only thing standing between you and a post-secondary degree is the tedious and stressful task of taking a pill. If you could learn everything from post-secondary by taking a pill, would you take it?
7: By having something that would make me retain that knowledge better would be beneficial. However, I'm very, you know, I'm not into substances or pills or anything like that, so I would definitely have to consider all my options. Yes. Yes, I would. Yes. Yes. Yes,
2: I would take it. It would just make everything a lot easier, then you don't have to learn as much. Yeah, I would.
5: No, I wouldn't take pill. I think a large part of the experience of post-secondary education isn't just in learning the material, but in making connections with people, with um, people experienced in that field, with other people who are studying the same material, and making those social connections is just as important as gaining the actual knowledge.
6: But with great benefits comes great drawbacks. Price, side effects, and addiction. These are a few of the major drawbacks that come with the narcotic, To predict future nootropics, we can look at existing ones and their effects. If the pill costs more for more knowledge you get, would you still get it?
7: I think so. It would depend on my financial standing at the time. Um, So if I was financially stable, more than likely. Um, But if I was really, really struggling financially, I think I would just try to tough it out without the pill.
0: Mm,
7: Probably not. I guess that would make sense, yeah, if that's
0: the way it worked. You still get it.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, yeah, assuming that, you know, the pill's going to be expensive already, I would probably just pay more for it anyways.
6: Here are some common side effects of existing narcotics now. Nausea, weight loss, sleep problems, headaches, dizziness, and increased anxiety. Would you still take the future pill knowing these may be more severe?
7: No, I don't think that I would, um, because my health is very important to me, so those would probably decrease my performance, so it would be, I just, I don't think so.
3: Probably not. No.
7: Um, I, would, I would probably try it and then see what happens.
0: Well, the, the alternative is going to university or college, and um, all of those are sort of already side effects of university or college, so like you're going to experience them either way. Arguably, it's better to get them all out of the way in one episode rather than over the course of four years.
2: I think I would take it on occasion, but I wouldn't make it a habit of doing it every single day so that they wouldn't be as bad. No, I would not because it's not worth the risk, in my opinion.
6: We know that Adderall is highly addictive. Do you believe that people would get addicted to this future drug? Would it be because of the chemicals, the reward, or both?
7: I definitely think that it would be both. Uh, Obviously, the chemical factors of the pill would have a big impact on your body. Um, However, the reward by retaining so much knowledge would definitely be something that would become very addictive.
4: Probably a little bit of both. Probably both. If I was to do it, it would probably be from both.
7: I think it would be a mixture of both. Uh.
0: Probably not. I mean, if it's going to be an expensive drug, like an alternative to post-secondary school, it would probably, for one, be kind of hard to get addicted to it. But also, I don't know if knowing stuff is enough of a benefit. Um, But then again, I mean, why would I come to school for four years? Clearly, there's some kind of benefit that keeps coming back. But also, maybe that's just because I want a job. And if I know the information and I'm qualified for a job, I'll probably just stop. Which is a very pessimistic way of looking at it, but, uh, yeah, so probably not.
2: I think it would mostly have to do with the reward, like everyone's wanting to do good at school so that you can get a good job, so I think I'd be addicted to the
7: reward. Probably more the chemicals, but I wouldn't really know until I tried it, but I would say more the chemicals, but because of, like, I don't have to study at all and just take a pill, that's also really addictive too.
5: I think... (laughs) that any anything that gives you something for nothing basically um, has the potential to be addictive because of the feeling of power it can give you because if you consider that like knowledge is power basically the more knowledge you will accumulate from taking this drug um, and the power that will develop basically Yes, I feel that could be addictive. It's just gaining more knowledge, in the same way that some people feel that even learning is addictive.
3: I think it would be both, because after all, like I think people would see the success in taking it, and then like not look for other options and just rely on that to get successful.
6: In the next five years, places such as Alberta predict that approximately 57% of all new jobs will require an education beyond high school level. Perhaps they pressure placed upon our current and future graduates will drive an overall increase of nootropic use in order to reach the standards put on them.
1: This is Julia Wright, and I am here at the Beyond Literacy radio show to explore the consequences of machine intelligence. As technology advances, machines become smarter, which makes me wonder, what if machines were smarter than mankind and machines literally took over the world? I bet we could all vividly picture the technology that is yet to come. There are so many different kinds of technology that it affects almost all aspects of our lives. It is important to pay attention to how it is affecting us. So out of curiosity, I pose this question to the listeners. How do you think machine technology will affect us in the years to come? We have our first caller on the line. Hi, what is your name? Madeline. And where are you from? Niagara Falls. All right, and what is your opinion on the consequences of machine intelligence? Well... Um, I think machines will become so advanced that they'll overpower us and human interaction will become unheard of. Machines will probably do everything for us and we will all, like, become overweight and lazy, which seems like more problems that are yet to come in the years ahead. Okay, Bob, why do you think machines will affect us in the future?
5: Oh, that's uh, that's a good question. Um. I believe it's going to have a big effect on unemployment meaning needing less manual laborers in the workplace which should be replaced by automation the machinery takes the personal side out of it so you're not going to have that uh, emotion where when people call in complaining about the equipment being down or there being a problem there's not going to be the personal side for people to be able to deal with it answer questions uh, that Obviously, a machine couldn't do. I suppose probably the last thing is a lot of the equipment, I'm assuming we're talking machinery, which would even come down to automated answering machines, uh, automated um, like automation completely across the board, which, again, is taking away from the social side of things. Uh, You're going to have less interaction face-to-face, which arguably I wouldn't think is a, a good thing.
1: Hey, thank you. Great opinion. So many great ideas. And next up, we have Delaney calling. Hi, where are you calling from, Delaney? Guelph. Awesome. So Delaney, how do you feel about machine intelligence and how it will affect our futures? Um, It's hard to say. I think machine intelligence will affect us in both a positive and a negative way. Machine intelligence is making everything easier. Soon we won't even have to drive our own cars. However, I think that we will be affected in a negative way, particularly children who are already so hung up on video games and media. It is only going to get worse. Ultimately, I think humans will always have power over our machines. A machine is only as strong as its programmer. Without full knowledge of what the future will hold, we can only imagine what the true consequences of machine intelligence will look like years from now but we can have a good idea just as Madeline, Bob, and Delaney do.
0: You've been listening to Beyond Literacy Radio. Visit www.beyondliteracy.com for more. The contributors to this show are Trig, Elena, Riley, Rhiannon, Julia, and Lauren. Produced by Will, Jeff, Devin, and Max. A big thank you to University of Guelph and Mr. Mike Ridley for making this possible. Kudos as well to Guelph Community Radio Station CFRU 93.3.